And we are back on KUCI's Justice or Justice, the incomparable burning spear, doing uh, a very positive vibe shouted out from the uh, the Dry and Heavy CD. Before that, uh, Max Romeo also doing a very positive vibe with uh, the song No Peace. And uh, it's fitting for today's today's topic where we take a look at murder in a dance hall as a cross between reggae and hip-hop with an electronic vibe. Dancehall music is one of the most popular musical stylings to emerge from the Caribbean. As Rastafarians, biblical concepts from the Old Testament have always been prominent in dancehall music, yet dancehall singers have taken this to a completely new level, where current lyrics call for violence against gays and lesbians. In response, dancehall fans from across the world have put pressure on artists and industry executives to stop promoting violence. Here to talk about these campaigns is Manuel, and I hope I'm going to get the pronunciation right, is Sarazin from uh, Montreal. He's a Montreal activist. He is a webmaster of soulrebels.org and its sister activist site, Murder in a Dance Hall. And uh, he joins us here on KUCI. Good morning, Manuel. Good morning. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us. And sorry for couple of the, the phone transfers and so forth, as this is an international call. How are things in... You're in Montreal right now, yes? Yes, it's a beautiful day here. Beautiful day. Well, it's, yeah. it's, nice, uh, it's nice down here, too. We're glad we could, uh, we could have you joining us for this, uh, this topic. So why don't we begin by uh, just giving listeners an overview um, of, of dance hall music. It's, it's actually a genre I avoid playing, and uh, in a couple of minutes, listeners will probably understand why. So uh, mm-hmm. what is dance hall music? Well, dance hall is um, it's a branch of reggae. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, reggae over the years uh, divided in uh, various forms. So there was dub, there is uh, lover's rock, there is roots. Um, there, in, in the 80s, in the mid-80s, there was raga, Raga evolves in the 90s into dancehall. Um, it's just a well. It's a. I would say for me, my definition of dancehall is a cross between hip hop and reggae, and with an electronic vibe into it, which makes it also a lot more easier to dance on a dance floor than roots reggae would be. And that's why probably it's, it has a lot of appeal because uh, people uh, can make easier uh, evening. Uh, in a dance club with it and it's got that very it's got the very fast beat and uh it's got um is the vocal style is that what's known as toasting where it's it's almost like they're rapping but it's got kind of the the jamaican or rasta vibe yeah true true but uh dancehall i am dancehall uh, doesn't have a lot of rastafarism in it you know uh, i would say most of the dancehall uh, singers are not Rastafarians. Um, uh, I would say, like, you, you have some of the very popular, which are Capleton, Sizzla, and Anthony B., which are Rastafarians themselves, but uh, the majority of dancehall singers, they evolved in Jamaica into the ghetto, and they were uh, influenced by Rastafarian music because they, they grew up with listening to the on the radio, but uh, I think uh, most of them they they don't feel uh, being Rasta. They are not into Rastafarianism. Okay, well, for listeners, let's let's make sure that we don't demonize Rastafarianism. And uh, 
what so what then is uh, is Rastafarianism? So listeners can at least have an understanding. Okay, Rastafarianism is um, it's a it's a faith. It's a it's a spirituality. It started um, well in 1929. There was uh, Marcus Garvey, which was a, a, a very important figure in Jamaica, who said, "Look to the east, a black king will be crowned." And I think it was the same year, or the following year. The, um, uh, uh, the emperor of Ethiopia, which was throne name was Eilis uh, uh, Lassie, was uh, crowned prince of, Ethi- uh, of Ethiopia, uh, emperor of Ethiopia, and his crown name was Rastafari. So this is the root of the word, the world uh, Rastafarian. That's where it's coming from. Ras mean in Ethiopian means king, so it's the king Tafari, and. Um, the the movement really started in Jamaica in the 50s. I believe it was in 1955 that it really started, and it grew uh, over the years. Uh, it became it uh, became more popular in the 60s, and by the end of the 60s, when reggae was starting to emerge on the radio, um, reggae singers were also getting into Rastafarism. So it's a real combination of reggae and Rastafari- Rastafarian use the, the vehicle of the music to promote their faith. And by the early 70s, it, it really started to become very popular. And singers like Bob Marley put it on an international level. And, and, and I think that, that this is one of the reasons why this topic is, is so important. Unlike a lot of American music or British music where uh, the lyrics are very escapist, it's just about falling in love or it's mm-hmm. about, you know, um, going out and having a good time. Uh, in Jamaica, music has, has been, I don't know if the right word is, is political, but there, I mean, a- any follower of Marcus Garvey, either, um, you know, a Jamaican or an, an American who studies, you know, uh, African-American studies here, knows that that music plays such a dominant role in in communicating messages of peace and social equality and and black pride mm-hmm. um, so how does this wonderful you know one love kind of message that Bob Marley and others put forward how did it somehow become uh, or, or it, I, I don't know it's not the Rastafarian message per se but how did Jamaican music go from the Bob Marley type to the Capletons and and the the Buju Bantans that we'll get to in a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. I would say it's uh, unfortunately it's a normal evolution of thing if I can call that evolution. It's uh, a Jamaican. Um, I think year after year uh, it's become uh, there's more violence and the ghetto life is getting even stronger and more difficult. So, you know, the music reflects the reality on the street. And I would say that, uh, you know, like kids are are influenced by the music contents, but they're also influenced by what's coming overseas. And uh, how could I put it? I would say that uh, the response that you get in the music is is really the social context that people are 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 living. And Jamaica is, I think it's the uh, I think it's the fifth country. Well, not Jamaica itself, but uh, Kingston is the the fifth city, the most violent city in the world. So of course you're going to see that reflect in the music. 
and how could uh, the, 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 the very peaceful message, message from the 70s could be translated into that. Um, Dancehall. Uh, Dancehall has a lot of slackness. It has been known over the years for uh, a message which was... Uh, it, it doesn't really... It doesn't really, I would say, promote the same values as roots reggae would would promote. Maybe except for some of the dancehall singers that are uh, like Sizzla and Capleton because they belong to the Bobo Shanti. Bobo Shanti, by the way, is a, a, um, the, the Rastafarianism over the year has divided into different groups because probably uh, they saw the. They saw different. They had, they had different values of where they wanted to see Rastafarianism going, and Bobo Ashanti's are probably the, the 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 one who condemn homosexuality the strongest. And as I think, the the, the four four main four main uh, groups of uh, Rastafarians are twelve tribes of Israel. There are the Bobo Ashanti's. There are the Orthodox and the Nyabengi. Uh Maybe all of them, they, they, they all follow the, the, the Bible. They all, follow, they, they all go more uh, with the Old Testament. And they, I think they are going more, uh, the Washington's are going more into a reading of fire and brimstone, uh, reading of the Old Testament. So, of course, you know, like, homosexuality was probably never accepted by Rastafarianism. Uh, since the beginning. So maybe probably only few are able to deal with it, probably because they're a gay rasta themselves. But um, the thing is, in the 70s, I, I, it, was not, it was not a topic. It was not discussed in the music. They probably they have their values and they, were, they have their, their way of thinking about homosexuality, but they would not put it in the songs. And as it, we evolved into the 80s and the 90s, um, I think it's getting like people are more right in your face, and they're telling more what they feel, and it's become more vulgar. Something from dancehall that I don't like—it's really slackness. It's the way they put women, uh, they talk about women, they, they, they use women as a, a sexual object. Yeah, could you for just for um, for our audiences, because I know that your websites use the word slackness a lot, yeah. and I want to just make sure that we understand. How that's blackness, right? Well, the way uh, you know, uh, slackness would be like a, like a vulgarized uh, uh, street language, and it's, maybe you can help me yeah, with this. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's, I always accept the word slackness without being yeah, able to without define, defining it myself. It sounds I, like it's kind of. Um, uh, a mixture of bravado, bragadigio, and just kind of, um, yeah, it's it's one of those words. It's it's bragging and boasting about one's uh, uh, virility, one's endowment. It's about being, you know, the coolest cat on the block kind of thing. True. Yeah. It's like bragging and boasting. Yeah. Okay. But but in a in a sexualized, uh, masculinized, uh, and and very very you know, heterosexual as opposed to intellectual or anything else kind of way, I would guess. True. Okay. And that concept, that concept allows people like singers to express explicit view on homosexuality. Um, so, you know, somebody can come up in a song and talk about homosexuality in a, in a negative way, 
this, well, I, I wish it would not happen, but this, to a certain level, I have no trouble with this. This is freedom of speech. But I, the, the whole issue uh, here is because they're, they're advise, advertising murder. This is where the, the whole problematic in dancehall and concert cancellation and gay organization getting into, like, canceling uh, and protesting. Okay. This is... Yeah. Yeah. So let's uh, let's just, let, let me remind listeners they're into KUCI in Irvine. The show is Justice or Justice, and we're talking about murder in a dance hall. Taking a look at the problem of uh, not just homophobia, but I think as you just pointed out, more importantly, um, themes of violence against uh, people of different sexual orientation. Mm-hmm. And we're speaking with uh, Manuel. Uh, is it Sarazin? Am I saying it okay? Yeah, yeah, and he is the webmaster of soulrebels.org and uh, tons of, of different websites and uh, an expert, if you will, on uh, reggae and uh, all things of, of that ilk. And I think it's important, I just want to back up, that uh, you did make a, a, a distinction between uh, Rastafarianism and dance hall and pointing out that a lot of uh, Rastafarianism doesn't make its way into dance hall and then also pointing out that um, just like Christianity or Catholicism or any religion where there are various sects and various uh, interpretations where some groups take it to, to such an extreme, you know, we don't want to demonize Rastafarianism, and it seems that that tends to be um, a, a typical trap that when people debate and discuss this, this problem, they make. And so I, I do want to make sure that, you know, I, I try to play two songs, you know, one from Max Romeo and Burning Spear, um, you know, as an intro to this show that show that, that there are themes of, of one love and, and uh, overcoming oppression and so forth. So I think that that's important. Um, turning to dance hall, I, it seems that part of the problem um, with, with dance hall music in particular is probably no different from club music anywhere. I mean, it's one thing to just focus on, on dance hall music, but Let's face it, a club scene is a sexualized, energized uh, kind of place where people are, are out there to, uh, to impress one another, to try to brag and boast or, or be slack, I guess, is, is what it is. So is, is there a little too much focus on this problem in, in dance hall. I mean, if we take a look at country music here in the United States, there are some themes that are certainly not friendly to all groups. If we take a look at hip hop, of course, we know that there's a lot of uh, misogynism and violence and, um, you know, uh, gangsterism and so forth. Is there a bit of exceptionalism going on with dance hall music? No, I wouldn't say. I, I would say it's. Uh, it's if I understand your question right... When I say uh, exceptionalism, meaning that that dance hall music is being singled out as the only genre that, that is doing what it's doing. You mean uh, regarding uh, criticizing homosexuality? Yes. No, I would say like uh, you, 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 could, uh, you could find a homophobic song, I, I believe, in probably all, all type of music. The, 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 main, the main different thing in dance hall is Probably because uh, Jamaica Jamaica allows it to happen this way because uh, uh, homosexuality is illegal in, in Jamaica. You get t- uh, ten years of prison if you're uh, of our labor in prison. So um, is, y- y- singers are free to express 
whatever they feel about uh, homosexuality in, in, in their songs. And it's, it's also a, band, a bandwagon. Everybody jumped on it. And at one point, it's, um, the, the singers were not singing homophobic songs. They, they were like they, they were felt that they, they felt that they they um they had, they had to make their own Chichiman song because uh, they, they that would prove that they're not they're not gay. If you're not doing a, I, I believe at one point if you were in dancehall and you were not making a dance uh, Chichiman song, um, you, you would be looked at your peers as probably being gay. So you had to do do one even if you didn't want to do it. Yeah, I think that that's an important uh, point that needs to be made and that you, you make it very well on uh, on your website, which is uh, if you want to find the uh, Murder in a Dance Hall uh, website, you go to soulrebels.org backslash um, dancehall.htm for listeners out there, and you could get... The, the sister site, if you will, uh, Murder in a Dance Hall, and it's it's really got uh, a wealth of information. And I think one of the interesting things I was looking at it late last night is is what you just said that a lot of dance hall artists who weren't making it to the top of the charts with everyday lyrics or lyrics about love and you know passion and sexuality would realize that the the, the quickest way to uh, get the audience, you know, holding up their lighters and, mm-hmm. and clapping hands was to uh, take a cheap shot, if you will, <laughs> at uh, at homosexuality. And as you point out, and uh, as we discussed in some emails be- before this conversation, I mean, Human Rights Watch, you know, which is a popular uh, organization, uh, particularly here in the States, has pointed out the just the extent of the problem of um, homophobia and discrimination against gays and lesbians in Jamaica. In fact, it's illegal, as you pointed out. Homosexuality is illegal in Jamaica. So the problem does extend beyond dance hall music. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, it does go beyond dance hall music. Dance hall music uh, probably, uh, well, dance hall music um, advertised murder in it. Not so, all the singers, but uh, so that, uh, that's why, you know, like it became such a problem because I, I, I know that there, I'm, I'm mostly sure that they, I would say that you can get uh, people to get killed in Jamaica for their sexuality before dancehall started to, uh, to, to put it in their song. Sure, just like in, in the States, you've got people picking on, you know, TV violence causes murder. Well, no, murder is as old as uh, time itself. Um, so, you know, that's, that's important. But let's give listeners... Um, some examples, so they, so they. It's one thing to say that you know the music is isn't favorable to gays or lesbians, but let's. Do you have some lyrics in front of you, and could you explain, you know, Chichi Man and some of the the terminology? Because okay. I, I was, I, I want to say that um, you the, the most two popular words uh, because well, dancehall uh, as Jamaica and Jamaican music use uh, like they they, they use the the street language, which is called um, patois. I, I don't know if you use that in English, patois. In French, uh, like the street language, how do you call the, the street language in English? Slang. Slang, okay. Well, uh, just to tell the, the listeners, I, I'm French. Uh, English is my second language. Okay, so uh, the, the street name for uh, gays and lesbians, there's plenty in Jamaica. Uh, but the two most common are Chichiman, which uh, comes, Chichi means vermin in Jamaica, and Batiman. Batiman means buttman. So, and there's also, uh, 
Like you could have funny man, fussy man, uh, bugger man, or the list is long. <laughs> so, and and th- that's for Jamaica because dancehall is very popular in uh, towards the Caribbean, and every Caribbean island has their own terminology for homosexuals. So, and that is for homosexual, but for lesbian, um, there's well in in um, in Martinique it's um, Macume. In uh, for for homosexuals and in um, in Haiti is uh, Masisi and so the, and all the dancehall singers from the other island come up also because Jamaica has been so much uh, important like the the the, the Chichiman craze has become so much popular that all the other islands dancehall singers as jump on that bandwagon and this is not a problem only happening in Jamaica it, 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 now it's it, that's a uh, repercussion on all the other Caribbean islands. So, well, it, it's funny because uh, I um, discovered uh, a Capleton CD uh, not too long ago and, and just thought it was the most amazing sound and great vibe and, and just uh, vibe in terms of great, great electronic vibe and, and mm-hmm. so forth. And uh, I went online and I started uh, finding out what some of his other, other albums were. And uh, I came across, you know, Amazon.com, where they've got, you know, the listeners can uh, and consumers could, you know, rate the the songs and so forth. And uh, it turns out that the album that I I had been listening to, uh, all of these fans had gone on Amazon and said, this song is about this and that song is about that and et cetera, et cetera. Of course, I had no clue what any of the songs were about because, as you pointed out, I don't know what a Chichimon or a this or a that is. Um. So it was it was quite a shock to me to to find out that not only um, was it homophobic, but can you give some examples of the violence? The what violence, exactly? Well, because that it's one thing, you know, to 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 be anti something is is freedom of speech. Yeah. Um, but exactly what level are they taking it to? Well, um, uh, the, the first song that I remember, well, that I found in my research that deals with violence toward gay and lesbian was made by Shabba Ranks in 1989. Uh, it, it, it asked for the listener to take their gun and go shoot at gays and lesbians. Uh, Buju Banton had a hit, I believe it was in 1992, uh, a, a huge hit. It was cool, called Boom Bye Bye, and that song has fall, the shadow of that song has followed Buju Banton's career since today, you know, and in the song he says, uh, use your gun, shoot, the, shoot them in the head, uh, pour acid on them like they are tires, old tires, and to get this card, you know, like, uh, and you have um, uh, another example would be Elephant Man that uh, got, uh, that had a song which was named uh, Log On a few years ago, and that song was like defining a new dance, new type of dance, like the like a kick gaze uh, with your right feet and uh, and push them off heels and stuff like that, you know. So, so this is, I mean, this is hate music, clear yeah, and simple. I mean, let's not let's not uh, beat around the bush here. I mean, this is, you know, this is some vile stuff. And another another one another example that comes to mind uh, the the Beanie Man who uh, made several of these songs he, he started the song with I dream of a Jamaica who come to execute all the gays and lesbians hang uh, hang on hang uh, people with a long type of rope hang them with a long type of uh, a long piece of rope stuff like that you know and so 
the response then uh, to these lyrics from its fans has been, unfortunately, popular. Is that right? <laughs> Very popular. Very popular. You know, it, it, came, it went to a, such a level that uh, a song by um, T.O.K., which was named Chichiman, was used by um, uh, somebody uh, running for uh, election. They were, that song was used to, to, to attack the other uh, person who was going on the election because uh, they, they, there was a rumor that that guy was gay. And they, they, they were in the street with huge speaker, speakers, and they were playing, playing the Chichiman song over and over for six months, and that was their song campaign. Wow. Well, what, um, if there hasn't been much opposition in Jamaica, there's certainly been uh, much opposition to this around the world. Um, can you talk about some of the campaigns that... Uh, have uh, emerged in uh, maybe over the past decade to uh, try to change uh, dancehall culture or put pressures on the uh, the record companies and uh, the concert promoters. Yeah, um, you know, like I was pointing out, uh, that the early uh, the late eighties and uh, early nineties were probably the first uh, form of violence. It become a extremely like popular at the end of the nineties and early, uh, 2000. And, uh, it, there was no way you could go to a dance club and not hear a Chichiman song. So it, it, it was like, it, I thought in the beginning there would be five or 10 of these songs, but you know, on my website, I, I put, uh, there, there is more than 175 songs of the, uh, of this type of songs. They, they don't all for, call for killing, but a majority of them do. And in 2004, there is a British organization named Outrage. Uh, they, they started a campaign uh, in July 2004, which was called uh, Stop Murder Music. And they labeled, uh, they, they pick up nine of the most famous dancehall singers who were using, uh, like, who were promoting murder to gay and lesbian. And they, they made a package, a PDF, and they sent it to all gay and lesbian organizations around the world. And they're saying, you know, if these artists come to your country, uh, let's, make, uh, let's try to get the concert canceled. And this succeeds very well. In Europe and uh, North America, uh, between July 2004 and February 2005, I think over 60 concerts were canceled. And who were the... the I know you mentioned, but again, who were the the biggest defenders? I mean, Capleton. Um. There, there was a uh, Capleton, Sizzla, Bounty Killer, Beanie Man, uh, Vibes Cartel, uh, Spraga Bands, Bujubanton, and T.O.K. I think th there were nine of them. I think I named them, all of them. So, so unlike, I mean, in in the United States, it's very. I don't want to say it's it's impossible, but uh, a lot of the the more violent, hate-filled music tends to be in the underground scene. But here you're talking about some of the biggest-selling dancehall artists. Yeah, they are the, the biggest-selling dancehall artists. And, and I should point out to listeners, I, I had found out um, that uh, Capleton uh, had been, uh, uh, concerts had been canceled. He was doing a tour in California of, I think, some of the UC, you know, University of California campuses. And then, of course, in San Francisco, which has a very... Uh, 
very mainstream gay culture. Uh, mm-hmm. He was supposed to give a performance in San Francisco, and of course, enough pressure was put to um, to cancel his appearance. Um, what is your thought on that strategy? At, at what point does um, that kind of consumerist activism um, approach censorship? That is that is a difficult one to answer. Well, I would say you know as long when you know everybody's allowed for to freedom of speech, but when you go on stage and promote murder, for me that's no more freedom of speech. So I would put it uh, as simple as this. So uh, I think as a society we have to put, to draw a line where freedom of speech st- starts and stops, and not, not where it starts, but where it stops. So if the artists, just to, to play devil's advocate for a minute, um, but I, I do think it's an important question um, because I tend to always uh, err on the side of more speech rather than less. Um, if the artists um, had simply were simply singing about uh, homosexuality being a sin, homosexuality being uh, you know offensive, homosexuality being this and that and whatever, but not talk about violence toward it, yeah, there would probably be no cancer, uh, counter canceled, and if there would, there would probably not be that uh, that much of a like uh, international support because there is a lot of international support uh, to gay and lesbian organization in terms of canceling these concerts. Uh, we're not only talking about gays and lesbians going on the street and or calling promoters. I think like uh, the majority of heterosexual are behind us. What has been the response of the music industry? Um, you well, know, you've, you've got the main, you've got Greensleeves and Ross and, you know, some of the other uh, major um, so major players in distributing uh, reggae, dance hall, let, let's just call it dance hall music. How, how have they responded to this, this international pressure? Well, uh, you know, everybody was it in their pocket as to... <laughs> To uh, like, obviously, you know, they they were not happy with all these concert cancel. And uh, I remember reading some of the people in the music industry in Jamaica, seeing that it was getting out of hand. You know, like one when you have a few songs, you know, like I guess you know they 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 would go along with it. But when you know every like major artist are writing song by the dozen again, gay and lesbian and uh, advertising murder. They're saying it's getting out of hand, and one one but somebody said one day, I'm sure there's going to be uh, something happening, and the three major label, as you pointed out, uh, VP Records, Greensleeves, and Jetstars, they they request to to sit down at a uh, at a table with gay and lesbian organizations so they can find a solution to this. And that's why I'm, that's why I was saying uh, February 2005 earlier in the conversation because this is when the first uh, meeting occurred, and uh, at that conversation they agreed that they would they would not put out any of this murderous music uh, for sale. Um, the thing is, this this is the industry, uh, but it, they they could not. Um, they could not uh, take the decision for the, the singers themselves. And as we know, we are in the age of Internet. So if a company says to Sizzla, I'm sorry, but you're not going to be able to, we're not going to put that song on, on the record, well, Sizzla can still 
put that song on the internet and the 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 reggae industry the dancehall industry works a lot uh, with uh, on by 7 inch so DJs and clubs they all get 7 inch rec- records and before it made it to a CD it all it, it always come out on a single so the companies are 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 able to say uh, to screen the music now and say no we're not putting that on a CD but the the mainstream uh, scene is can easily still put some uh, some homophobic song uh, outside, you know. Which then makes the record companies concerned for their own livelihood. Yeah. Uh, right. Okay. So so that's uh, yeah that's certainly understandable, um, if not excusable though. Um, what about um, this this apology that uh, has been in <laughs> yeah. in the press? And uh, how are you on time? Are you okay? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've held you a little longer than I said, but I think this no, is no, a really... No, no, problem. It's up to you, huh? Yeah, this is an important topic. So, Okay, so what about this apology? Who, who signed on to it or the agreement or whatever it is? Okay, well, uh, when it comes to apology, uh, the, 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 um, the, major, the major player in the dance hall, they are all signed to major re- record deal. You know, they are distributed originally by VP Records, but some of them are now are on the... the bigger uh, company than uh, I'm thinking uh, about Sizzla and Beanieman uh, just uh, at the minute. And these companies, they, they say, you have to make an apology. And the, the artists, they, of course, the artists don't want to make any apology about that, that, that subject. But they, they were forced to do it. I remember Beanieman, uh, just before his U.S. tour, he, the, 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 the record company, I think it's Virgin, they, they, they released a press conference saying that Beanie Man is, uh, is sorry for, uh, for the song he wrote in the past. But the day after in Jamaica, the, his promoter saying, well, that's all bullshit, you know, I was sorry for using that term. Yeah, that. yeah, that, thank you, we got to avoid. In, yeah. Uh, <laughs> thanks. Yeah, so it, it's all rubbish, you know, like uh, it, Beanie Man doesn't, the, the, doesn't, um, doesn't think what the apology is. And that was the day after the, the press conference. But that was in 2004. And since then, you know, like, I think, you know what Outrage did and the concert cancellation and the, the old press picking up the story and everybody, like, the, 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 the dancehall singer realized how big this issue came and they had to, to change their ways if they want to be open to the international market. You know, now the, the promoters, when they're inviting these, these artists over they, in their contract, there is, um, uh, there is uh, most of them, they will have uh, a line in the contract saying, you, you cannot go on stage and blast homo, uh, homo, uh, homosexual people. If not, you're, gonna, you're not going to get your paycheck. Uh, so you know that there is this new uh, this new contract now. It's called the Reggae Compassionate Act. Uh, it it came out this year. Uh, I this contract was um, um, it, it was designed well designed. It's not a proper time. It was written down by major promoter in Europe to be able to bring dancehall artists over because they they are tired of getting. Uh, cancellation, and they, they want these artists. Uh, they want their fans to be able to see these artists, and that was that was the only way they could bring uh, Biniman and Sizzla in a, at the Italian festival, which is called the Rotatom Sunsplash. And so they, they, they approach the artists and say, if you want to get on the bill, you have to sign that contract. And Biniman and Sizzla signed it, and that contract specifically says that you're not if well. 
that contract is very interesting because it used the same vibration as the, the original form of reggae, saying, uh, by the way, the, the name of the contract is called the Reggae Compassionate Act. And for me, there is a big difference between reggae and dancehall. And the themes that are discussed in reggae and roots reggae are, most of the time, they are very far from the ones that are discussed in dancehall. Maybe except for Sisla and Capleton, they're using some of the same topics. But to come, out, uh, to come back to the contract, it's, uh, it was explicitly explicit saying that um, if you want to go on, on stage, you have to believe in the, the, the same vibration as the, the pioneer of reggae. And don't, like, do not discriminate anybody, you know, like uh, whether it's race, color of skin, or religion, or sexual identity. Mm-hmm. You, you're not able to, please keep a positive vibe about it, you know. And by signing this, they agreed that it would not only be in Europe and North America, but it would be internationally. So that means if you are at your career, you are at a point where you accept to sign this, that means you have put beside you your homophobic past, at least in your song, you know. Hmm. And hopefully Biniman and Sisla will stick to their signature, because if they do, I believe that this contract may help them uh, in the future to be able to perform in countries where gay and lesbian organization would have given them a very hard time. And if those two have signed, these are two major players in the dance hall. Um, if these are signed, I believe that Elephant Man, Bujabanton, and so on, they can also uh, sign that. And we may look for a brighter future and just like go somewhere else. I know that these artists will never go uh, in a press conference and say, I'm sorry for all the, the homophobic lyrics I've done in the past. That would be asking too much from themselves. By seeing this contract, it's a way of apologizing. Apologizing, uh, apologizing. apologizing yeah. Yeah, b- without having to really get into the context of excusing themselves to gays and lesbians. Well, we're just about out of time. I want to thank you for, for staying with us for the hour, but before we go, we've got to uh, certainly let listeners know uh, who, which dance hall artists, and I know you've pointed out that you're not as big a fan of dance hall, say, as, as Roots Reggae or Dub, but um, could you recommend dance hall artists that uh, avoid violent or homophobic lyrics? Well, uh, I know that, you know, I would point out the one that took a stand, and I was really happy to see Sean Paul talking uh, against it. And there was Tanya Stephens also, who wrote, even wrote a song uh, about homophobia. And there is a, a, a band of, uh, from France, it's called K2R Rhythm. They made another, another, they made a song about the conflict. Uh, they're not dancehall. I, th- I believe they're more reggae. Uh, there is uh, this great German uh, German um, band, which everybody who's into dancehall uh, should look for them. It's called Seed, with three E. And there's Cecil. Uh, Cuddy ranks as speak against the the conflict, and that would be uh, that would be the one I I could. But there there's certainly a lot of dancehall singers that are not into it. Um, uh, and that, then, that are the names that, that comes to my mind at the moment. Great, and I will try to post them to, to my website so listeners can, uh, can, can find out about that. And then finally, what steps do you recommend um, fans of dancehall music take if they are concerned about uh, 
the violent and homophobic lyrics. What what kind of activism do you support? Um, you know, personally, uh, I would say, you know, if you hear uh, a songs that advertise killing uh, for gays and lesbians on the radio, call up the radio station and try to to or write an email saying, you know, that this music should not be on the air. And if you get a negative answer from the DJ, well, just contact the radio station itself. And you as um, uh, uh, a, a consumer can can really define, like, you know, we, we as consumer have the right to vote for what we want and what we don't want. So by... I think by avoiding uh, encouraging uh, these artists by not buying their records up until they change their way or clearly clearly uh, advertise that they uh, they move on, uh, I think that would be a nice step also. You are the webmaster of uh, soulrebels.org. Uh, I strongly encourage listeners to check it out at www.soulrebels.org. He has links to so many different sites and uh, so many different uh, issues of activism that we've covered on this program, culture jamming, uh, the, the documentaries, corporations, so many other things. So definitely check it out. It's soulrebels.org. Manuel Sarazen talking to us from Montreal this morning. Thank you so much for being with us, and we hope we could have you on again soon. <laughs> that was my pleasure. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. And we're going to go out with uh, I. Wayne Recommended. Uh, and uh, this is KUCI's Justice or Just Us. want to thank you all for listening. Stick around. What Would Arwen Do is coming up in just about three minutes. This is KUCI in Irvine wishing you all peace.